You beauty. G'day guys and welcome to Dreams Into Success. I'm your host, Chris Goodrope, and each episode we bring you an inspiring story or message that will encourage you to face your fears and live your dreams. Before we get started today, I just want to say a big thank you to our sponsors here at Dreams Into Success, Robert Oatley Wines and Road Microphones. And don't forget to visit my website, chrisgoodrope.com. Follow this podcast on Instagram at Dreams Into Success and subscribe to my YouTube channel at Dreams Into Success if you want to watch the episodes or if you prefer to listen, you can find me at Apple iTunes or Spotify so you don't miss an episode. All right, hey guys, it's Shiston Fitzgerald on Goody's podcast. Stay tuned because my dad, Fitzy, will be on the show. Goody, it's your turn. Press the yellow button. <laughs> no, wrong one. Wrong, wrong, the yellow button. Oh, sorry, Huey. Yeah, that's better. Hey, well done. Thanks, Fade mate. it out now. Today I'm excited to have one of the great blokes on the show. He has done it all. A promising young AFL footballer who set the world on fire in his first game, to pouring beers at the local pub, pub in Adelaide, and then becoming an Australian fan favourite on reality TV show Big Brother. This guy is a lovable character with just a massive heart and can now be heard on radio stations around Australia on Nova. He is a family man, husband, and father to two amazing boys. Please welcome the big fella, Ryan Fitzy Fitzgerald. What a magnificent introduction, Goody. Can I just say that was, and quickly before we start as well, um, I've listened to a couple of your episodes and it's great to see that you warmed up on Michael O'Loughlin and Rusey and now you've got the big guns on the show, so I appreciate that, mate. <laughs> mate, slow build up and now I've got the big fella on. <laughs> Uh, big oh. shout out there to Madjo. He won't be happy with that. But, he won't, uh, mate. It's a high-rating show. And I know, it, look, there's no question, mate, you've landed on the right spot here. In, uh... <laughs> no, no, mate. Got, I'm glad you're here. You're welcome to the spare room in the Fitzgerald house. It's a good little podcast room, isn't it? Mate, it is a beauty. And I reckon Huey's got a big future in, uh, in podcasting, I reckon. Well, Goody, you know the funny thing about it? You were setting up this Roadcaster Pro thing that you've got here, and you, mate, he set it up for you. You didn't know what you were doing. He knew what he was doing. I was in all sorts, mate. <laughs> I didn't know what mate, was going on. Kids and technology, it spins you out, doesn't yeah, it? They know everything. <laughs> they, you want to set, set anything up on the computer, I just get my boys to do it. Yeah, no, exactly. Now, mate, before we th- kick things off, I was thinking um, how you and I first met, and it was about five or six years ago, I reckon, at the Sydney Swans QBE Legends game. Yes. And I don't know how it happened, mate, but I got roped into doing the warm-up for all these legends. <laughs> so, mate, I don't know what you were thinking. You probably thought, who's this bloke? <laughs> I love those and the red kite games that the Swannies do every year. I love those moments because they're only quick little games. I, I, I tell you what, I'll pull up sore the next day, but it's great to catch up with old teammates and, you know, meet blokes like yourself around the club who work around the club and then you, you go back to a box, you watch the Swannies play and have a couple of beers. A great night. That's so good, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. No, it's brilliant, mate. I actually got three years in a row. I didn't even know how I got a game. But <laughs> did you, yeah, did you, it was Luffy always puts his hand oh, up for those games. Exactly. Luffy's first there, I reckon. 
and last to leave. He's last to leave, yeah. <laughs> Mate, you um you grew up in Adelaide and played junior footy at Port No Longer. Yep. Footy club. Correct. Um, can you describe your childhood memories of growing up and what family life was like for you? Um, it was the footy club. My old man w- coached his whole career. So we... God, I lived at footy clubs. Like we would, uh, he he coached premierships out at Mount, Mount Compass, Port Nalunga, up in Loxton. So uh, up in Loxton was where he met my mum, who was a country girl, um, who lived in Berry, and then they had me up there, moved back down to Port Nalunga, and he just coached his whole life. So I would sleep down the footy club on a Saturday night. <laughs> so you'd play juniors in the morning. Um, uh, you would umpire the B grade boundary umpire. And then you'd go up into the scoreboard for the A grade and then we'd go back to presentations and I would fall asleep under a table at the club. But you know what? I loved it. Footy, I I spoke about this recently and we are so over the moon at Port Nalunga because we've had no money for so long and we just got a a government grant. I saw that. $1.5 million that goes to a new, new club rooms and stuff like that. And I look, sporting clubs are so important for young kids because... It was our sanctuary. If we weren't there, we would have been tearing up Port Nalunga and down south and and getting into trouble. So I think they're really, really important. And, you know, with the women's comp coming in as well and girls really interested now as well, we need to look after these sporting clubs and and get them good facilities. Mate, absolutely. So you had a great childhood then. They're great memories, aren't they, growing up at the the footy club and around the family? You know, like just, you know, like little things from, you know, looking up to all the A-grade footballers and then I know this is bad, but, you know, when you're 16, 17 years of age and then the seniors sneak you a beer down the, the club or out the back on a, on a Saturday night, like yeah. things like that, and I'm still good friends with, uh, you know, a majority of those. They're still my closest mates. It's memories yeah. that you have forget, f- together. I, yeah. I love that footy club so much. It, 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 I've got to give back someday because, you know, it gave so much to me. Yeah, oh, absolutely, mate. And look, we've just had a kick of footy with the boys, Hugh and Lenny, and they're mad... Uh, Mad Crows fans, yeah. and um, we flies one. <laughs> I know you're a Mad uh, Crows fan as well, mate. But you went, you grew up barracking for the Crows. Did you get a chance to ever get to the '97 or '98 Grand Finals? Funny you should bring that up because '97. So '97, we won our A grade premiership at Port Nalunga, and then the Crows made the Grand Final. So my mate Timmy Boston, we jumped in the back of his Ute and we drove over without any tickets to the Grand Final. Rocked up. And we didn't have tickets. We were hoping to buy them, but they were too expensive. Anyone who knows, you try to get them on the day, and they're ridiculous. Um, so we watched the 97 Premiership from Punt Road. Right. Yep, oh, they've got spot. a giant screen. Yep. And my mate Timmy Boston goes, mate, I've got an idea to get in. He said, wait wait here. I'll come back in, in, in an hour or two, and I'll get you guys in. And he came back about an hour later with blood all over his face, and his shirt had been ripped. I said, what, what was your game game plan what was your plan of attack he said mate i just ran through a security guard and kept running in the g until we got tackled to the ground they gave him a couple and kicked him out (laughs) so we weren't we were there but we weren't goody for 97 right 98 we rocked up we got tickets and this is i'll try to make this as short as i can but we my mate Timmy Boston again, we're in this section of the of the ground and this guy came down and said, all right, all volunteers, come down and get your red overalls. And we looked at each other and we said, let's follow them. So we went down there and what are you doing here? Are you filming? <laughs> no, no, no. Turn that because we can hear it. 
So, yeah, 98. So they said, come down and get your red overalls. So we followed these crew down into the bottom of the MCG going, what are we doing here? And they started throwing out these red overalls, and they were the volunteers oh, this is... that went out onto the oval to help set up. Right. So we yeah. – and that was – Muhammad Ali was in, a, like, in a car that year yeah. r- driving around the ground. So we're next to Muhammad Ali. You're joking. And we're out here going, what are we doing? We watched the rest of the game. The Crows beat North Melbourne 98. We're still in our red overalls to remember the day. Look down on the oval goodie – and all the volunteers are taking out the stage for after the game. We went down there and the bloke goes, hurry up, get out there and help. We're in the middle of the ground with the crows celebrating with them in these red overalls. <laughs> How good's that? And then I got drafted a month later <laughs> to the Swans. <laughs> mate, that's a great story. Yeah, that is so brilliant. good. And, mate, it's, it, uh, it's unbelievable, really. And I'm, it's funny you mentioned the draft because it sort of leads on to my next question. Um, the 98 draft happened and, and Big Fitzy uh, picked number four. Yeah. Um, mate, you were you were ready to be the next best big thing, weren't you, mate? Uh, you know, what, what the main man at the Swans. <laughs> and then, uh, Matt, is this true? Yeah. yeah. You were out at a bar with Mickey O and all the boys. Oh, I know. As, a, as an 18-year-old. Now, now I, okay, before you tell this, this story has been told so many times and the icing on the cake gets thicker and thicker every time it's up. So I'm really interested to see what you're going to say. <laughs> mate... <laughs> <laughs> is it is it true, mate? Is it true that you waltzed in, pick number four, yeah. young eighteen year old, and was yelling out to Mickey O and all these legends, boys? It's my shout! It's my shout! Uh, only stuff from the top shelf. <laughs> <laughs> he is he's a doggo, Lachlan. I tell you. So I saw Mickey O at a bar in Adelaide. But uh, just after I got drafted, and I thought, I said to my mates, God, it's Mickey, oh, I'm going to be playing with him. I've got to go up and, and intru- introduce myself. So I went over and I said, Mick, mate, Ryan Fitzgerald. He goes, oh, brother, can't wait to play for you. And we had this great conversation. And I said, Mick, I'd love to buy you a drink. <laughs> and he has turned this story, right, into every time he tells it. He was saying, he says now that I was like, mate, now that I've been drafted, I want to buy you a drink. You can pick whatever you want from the top shelf, any drink that you want. And, and it just it gets it more and bigger. more every time. So, yeah, I did I did buy him a drink and I said to him, yeah, it could be top shelf, but I wasn't pumping myself up. <laughs> nah, great story, mate. And it leads in nicely to – it took a couple of years to get your first game yeah. um, through some injuries and so forth. Can you – can you tell us how that went? Because I've actually never heard the story. Um, apparently, you're just clunking them and, and kicking goals all over the place. Um, is that true, mate? Can you talk us through your first game? Yeah, it was – I did. I, I, I dislocated both shoulders in my first year, and I was skinny as well. I needed to put on weight, so that really knocked me back a bit because I couldn't do weights. I had two shoulder reconstructions, and then it was 2000. I had a great pre-season, got myself the fittest I'd ever been in my life, and um, – and I had some good trial games, and I remember Rodney Ead said to me, mate, I'm going to play you round one. I was over the moon. I started on the bench, um, but, um, you know, it's every kid's dream. It was Colonial Stadium. It was the second ever game at Colonial, which is now Etihad Stadium or Marvel Stadium, as we, as we know it. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, it was just had my parents there, had everybody there. It was just – it was an amazing moment. And I was l- just lucky enough to snag a couple of goals on the night. Five. Was it five on debut? Oh, d- how did you know that? You've done – I haven't – I've never told that story well, as I before. I said, mate, I've, d- I've, I've, uh, <laughs> uh, I've done some research. 
<laughs> Mate, who, are you, who are you playing on? Was there a bloke called, was it Timmy Elliott? Timmy or? Elliott. Yeah. Yep. And my, my word, my word is that um, Mickey O was yelling, mate, this is embarrassing letting this young kid kick goals in you. And apparently this Tim Elliott was getting so pissed off about this, he started whacking into you. Mate, he was giving it to me. Actually, someone, one of his mates sent a photo of him the other day saying he's not happy that you keep bringing up his name. But Mickey O, every time I kicked a goal, was going up to Elliot and saying, mate, this is his first game. And then it got worse. It got to a point where he was saying to Tim Elliot, mate, this kid's not even that good and he's kicked four on you. And I'm like, Mick, shut up. Stop firing him up. Like, I'm doing all right. And he kept going and going him. Oh, mate, great memories. Surely you were best on ground, though, that day. Did you get the votes? No, I didn't get the votes. Because Mickey O got the three votes. He did, mate. And five goals and 31. I didn't even get... What did he get? Five goals Five goals, and 31 possessions and three votes. <laughs> he would have told you those stats <laughs> He <himself>. did. He <laughs> did. <laughs> didn't he, I didn't even get one Brownlow vote. I was shattered. But, mate, what a great shattered. start to your career, eh? Like just great way to kick things off. He's with the family there and everything like that. Well, Goody, you know what footy means to us, you know what I mean? To, to get one opportunity to play AFL and, and to have a good game, it was, uh, and to have mum and dad there, <coughs> it was it was one of the, uh, I'll never, ever forget it. It was, it was magic. Yeah, nah, well done, mate. And I suppose um, <clears throat> leading on, you, you were delisted after you going to Adelaide. Yeah. Um, mate, you had some tough injuries. You had your shoulder and knees, as you said before, and it, Probably did get you in the end, but um, or was it Rodney Eads' breath that got you? <laughs> <laughs> it was, you know, injuries really rocked me. You know, when you thought you could do it, but then unfortunately you just can't get your body right. I was injured all the time at the Swans, and I, I must admit, when I was injured, I, you know, I was in the big smoke. I was from Adelaide, from Port Alunga, and to be in Sydney, it's my opportunity to go out and you know, have a crack, paint the town red, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I did that quite a bit. Yeah. Now, Rodney Eade, I was a bit of a whipping boy for Rodney Eade because, you know, I was mucking around down the club all the How time. How was your relationship with him? It was Well, he, look, he's got a style of coaching that's a different to everybody else. And so for some people it works. I think for young kids it's a fine line because you've got to be tough with them, but if you're too tough with them, you can kill their confidence. So, yeah, he used to berate me. Well, not just me, everybody, but he would berate you right in front of his face and yell in your face. And let's just say, uh, yeah, he was a fan of the old turd sandwiches, Rodney, because his, his breath was shocking. <laughs> oh, mate, this is gold. Hey, look, we'll, we'll get a little bit more serious now. It... it Really must have been devastating, though, finishing up what you thought could have been a 10-, 15-year career, yeah. um, and all of a sudden it's just taken away from you. Like, how did how did that feel and, and what went through your head then? It was horrible because it's, you know, footy, you think you're going, you're invincible and you're going to be able to play forever. Um, you know, I, especially AFL. Like, I... <laughs> And at the time, I wasn't thinking about what I was going to do outside of AFL. And they're a lot better now in educating kids of what they can do outside because it can all, and I'm a prime example, it can all just go up in the air really quickly. So, and it did. It was only four years and I was gone. I was out of the system. And it, and it, it tears you apart. Yeah. It really does because, you know, I just thought I was going to play footy forever. I went back into the SANFL and... 
you know, I brought a house trying to pay my mortgage. I didn't really save too much of my AFL money as well. So I, I, I was lucky enough to buy a house. It was only 200 grand at Glenelg down in Adelaide, but, you know, I couldn't pay the mortgage on it. Mm. So it, it freaked me out there for a while, you know, from one minute just talking about kicking five goals in your first game next minute you're pouring beers down the cl- down yeah. the club and trying to survive it's a, it was a huge Mate, it would have been jump. a real life no and i know it's big these days with the whole mental health and, and everything like that did you ever go through a period like that or feel anxious or depressed or wonder you know geez what am i going to do next yeah you know, you know? i <clears throat> you know it, there were moments where i was really worried I, I was lucky I didn't hit rock bottom in that sense where I couldn't pay. I couldn't pay for mortgage and couldn't pay for things. And there were weeks I couldn't even pay for food, you know. Mm. Um, lucky I had good support around me. But I, I, I can understand, you know, I can understand what guys are going through. Even, you know, Dean Laidley at the moment, even with coaches mm. who you are th- you who you think is, they're, they're invincible as well. They're not. Yeah. You know, these guys are having some deep issues. I think we're at... At a better stage now where guys can talk about it. My old man came from a background where you don't talk about it. Don't be weak. Mate, exactly right. And, it, it, like, I think you to- spoke about toxic masculinity recently. Like, yes. Wh- why do you believe it's so important and it's such an important message for blokes out there to, you know, that it's actually, like you just mentioned it, that it's okay to be vulnerable, you know, and have an empathetic side or, or show your emotions. Yeah. You know, like, how important is that? Mate, it's massive. It really is. Don't get me wrong. We Look, what you were talking about, we just lost our dog recently, right? And I didn't think it was going to affect me, and it did. So the next day, I, I had to front up to radio, and I thought, usually, I would push that aside. Don't even talk about it. They, they, they're feelings that I'm embarrassed to talk about. I don't want to see anyone see me cry. But I spoke to my son, Houston. I said, Huey, mate, I think what I want you to know is I don't want to do this break tomorrow, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cry. I'll get emotional. And I, I don't want to do it, right? Because I don't want to see people cry, see me cry. But I think you've got to understand that <clears throat> it's really important to get these feelings off your chest, mm. all right? So I was said to him, you, you've got two options here. You can take the easy option and do a whole radio show without talking about the dog passing away. Or I can actually step up and say to people and young guys, it's okay to cry. It's okay to talk about these feelings. And, mate, I, after I did that, I, I bawled my eyes out. I felt just this massive weight just come off my shoulders. Mm. And it was huge. And then, then you get the support from people. And that's why it's so important for young blokes, don't bottle it up. And, and you know what? For other blokes who don't go through depression or have this mental side of, um, to them, think about your, your mates, even just asking them. You know, it was just amazing to get just a simple text message from a mate saying, I just want to know if you're okay. Yeah. That, that is huge. And you say, oh, look, I'm fine. But then you know you've got that support base out there. Yeah. It's massive. You've got to talk about it, fellas. Have to. It's such an education piece, isn't it? Like, <clears throat> I'm saying, mate, I grew up and you, you, you get told to bottle it all up or yep. not, not even speak about it. But yep. I think... Like you said, and hopefully um, everyone else, else out there starts to understand that it's better to get off your chest, isn't it? It's better exactly. to talk about it. And I suppose leading on from that, Fitz, how important is is it to have a mentor as well? Yes, you know? mentors are – I've just uh, become an ambassador for the RAISE organisation 
and it's funny because there's you know there's a lot of people out there that don't even have families to talk to. You know, they'll have a couple of mates here and there, but mentors are someone. I had to think about this because they said to me, "Who is your mentor?" My old man and I, and I spoke about this quite a bit, you know, like dad was my coach my whole career. So I, there was a fine line between him being a father and a coach. So, but then when I actually think back, dad was my mentor my whole way. I, there's no way I would have, where I got with my footy career, even with my, my, my media career without dad and him pushing me. I've never spoken about that with my dad before. We even got to a point where we didn't hug and, you know, we don't say I love you or anything like that. Mm. And I thought it was one it was one part of my life that was missing. I wanted it. But then I was. this is the old thing with toxic, toxic masculinity is that I didn't want to say anything to dad because I didn't want him to think that I was weak. Mm. Well, you yeah. had to push that aside. So I wrote a letter to dad. As my mentor. Really? And got emotional okay. with that as well. Yeah. Mate, he rang me crying his eyes out, goody. Yeah. And he said, mate, I'm so glad you did that because we needed this conversation. Mm. You know, like, and you can imagine how there'd be so many blokes like that with their relationships with their father. Absolutely, mate. Like, Absolutely. And it's now, dad, he rang me yesterday and he made a point at the end of the phone call. He said, mate, I love you. And it's just little things like that. We hug each other now every time we see each other. My sister's just had a baby. He's a changed man. He understands. And the, the best thing about it, the next generation, my boys understand now that it's okay to talk about these Mate, things. Mate, uh, you're spot on there because that, that's exactly right because we weren't having these conversations when I was Huey or Lenny's age. No way. You know, like it's only starting to come to the floor in the last sort of, you know, two, three, five years, hasn't it? You can imagine what our dads were like with our granddads. You know what I mean? Oh. Like my grandfather, Stan, he was a hard man. Mm. Like he hung out with some pretty dodgy crew. But you can imagine, you know, imagine like bottling up your feelings with him. Like there's <laughs> nothing that you could tell your dad. Yeah, yeah. Because nah. it was a sign of weakness. No, nah, exactly, mate. Exactly. Well, mate, thanks so much for sharing that. Um, transitioning away from footy, um, you know, something that you'd love for so long and to then pour in beers in Adelaide. How, how did, and I suppose we've already really touched on it, but how did you find your next purpose in life? You know, like um, you, how did you how did you cope and how did you find your next sort of why yeah. you know, in life? Well, it was, it was, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I left AFL, went back to South Adelaide Panthers. And I, so I'm continuing footy here. And I basically said to the club, and they were the club that I was with before I got picked up, I said, look, I'll come back. You don't have to pay me too much. I just need a good job. So they set me up a job at a at a printing company and I was a salesman. I said, look, I'm, I'm, I feel I'm pretty good with people. Just wasn't for me, mate. Mm. I, just, I just couldn't get into it and I wasn't good at it. Then I went back pouring beers and I thought, what do I want? What am I going to do? I always wanted to get into media. Like Did I, I love really? media. Yeah. But, you know, Goody, it's, it's hard to get your foot in the door. Yep. And it was, I'm coming back from my third knee reconstruction and that was the moment where my mate said, well, why don't you just try out for Big Brother or just or to put in an audition tape. Yep. And that's where my life just completely changed. And, mate, that's where you had your break, wasn't it? Channel 10 producers just, um, you know, that, mate, they gave Fryzy the hot tip then, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> they, got, they got you, they said, get in there, big fella. Huey was just asking me before, he, he said, Dad, did you ever have like a, a motto or a catchphrase? And I said, oh, mate. I, I used to say... You're kidding me. You're, you're, joking, <laughs> you're joking me. That's right, yeah. I said it makes me cringe now to think about it, but I said it all the time when I went on Big Brother. And then I said when I came out of the house, people were just yelling out to me all the time, you're joking me. <laughs> I go, oh, my 
gosh. Mate, how was the experience on Big Brother? It, don't get me wrong. It, it was amazing. And you know what I would love to do? I would love to, three months to go into a house now. It doesn't have to be the Big Brother house. But in the middle of nowhere, you're in the hinterland, and, goody, you've got no phone, no television, no news. You don't know what's happening, no paper, no music, and just to... Just a detox for wow. three months. That yeah. was amazing. That was unbelievable. Yeah. So in that sense, oh, look, I love the show it, and it set up my career. I'm very thankful for what it did and uh, I'll, I'll be watching it in a couple of weeks. Uh, once out. Any advice for those going on it this year? It's look. They look for certain characters, right? So it and it, it's 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 always a grand plan. I was the loser AFL footballer who didn't make it. Well, you, there's a guy going in, Daniel Gorringe, who's going yeah, in this right. year. Another who, AFL player yeah. who, who's very similar. So um, yeah. So uh, yeah. So you've just got to be. They've picked you for a reason. All right, or if anyone wants to audition for Big Brother, you've just got to stick and stay true to your character. And if that's the character that they're looking for, you're in. Don't do, don't go. Just be don't, yourself. Don't, yeah, mate. I know it's uh, the oldest cliche, just to be yourself. But uh, honestly, if you try to be someone else, you, there's no chance that you're going to get in. And you just got to hope that you're the person that, that they're, they're looking, looking for. for. Yeah. yeah, exactly, mate. I'll move across to your um, to your family now. I. Um, <clears throat> I bought BJ a nice candle from dusk yesterday. I don't oh. know. If you, yeah, I gave it to her before. But, mate, I was thinking, um, you're probably thinking, geez, Goody, that's a nice gesture. That's, yeah, a, that's you know, amazing, but, Goody. Um, are but, you flirting with my wife? Well, or mate, what to be doing? honest with you, I just wanted to get on a good side. Right. Because, um, well, mate, I didn't want to get scissors in the rest. And I didn't want to get chased down the road on a BMX, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, now, anyone that's out there, th- my wife's done this twice now. She's done two, close to two citizens' arrests. She busted a couple of young kids that were pulling flowers out, out, out of Balmain. But the latest one, Huey, my son, and his mates got chased by a gang of kids who said they had a pocket knife. So they came flying home. I wasn't home at the time. BJ was there. And BJ comes out of the house to these kids. What are you doing? What, what's your problem? What are you doing? They ran off. They came back three times, Goody. So she jumped on one of the kids' BMXs and was just like riding next to this one kid who was crying, going, why are you doing this to these poor kids? And this kid was crying, oh, flicking mate. the bird. Mate, that's that's so funny. But BJ, Lenny and Huey, mate, can you describe to me what life is like with these three special people in your life? Yeah, they, they are everything to me. They, uh, yeah, no, it is. It's amazing when you uh, when you have kids, it changes your life. But they, we we've we're very very lucky. We, my, um, my wife is just such an amazing support. We're lucky enough that she can stay at home with the kids in that as well. So um, she's our rock. And then you've got Huey, who's ten years of age, who loves his footy as well. Um, he's out at the Swans Academy training as well. But um, he's. He's a lot more reserved, Huey. Then you got Loose Lenny. He's six years of age and he is just <laughs> a bull out of the gate, mate. He, yeah. he just goes through anything. Like, he's just a different. We, we don't know if it's a stage or not at the moment, but he just, he's his own little man. I reckon teenage years, goody. Yeah, look I'll, out. I'll be maybe rocking up to a couple of cop stations trying to get him out of the cell. <laughs> oh, mate, that's great. Uh, good to hear, though. Like, uh, and, mate, that's the same for me. Like, I popped down to Melbourne over this COVID period. It's just so important to get around the family. And, yeah. mate, it was really, it was 
great for me to get around him. And like I said, it's just it's your everything as well, you know, as well. So yeah, um, no, thanks, Goody. Nah. You've taken the boys a couple of times for a few kicks as well. They love they listen to you more than they listen to Dad. I enjoyed sure. that. Well, um, Huey was kicking them well today, yeah. and then Lenny started to get his snaps going as well. Didn't yeah, he? he did get his snaps today. He, he you you taught him straight away. Do you want to give yourself a round of applause for that, Goody? Yeah, I don't know which button that is. Pick, <laughs> why don't you pick the purple one? No, go the purple one. What's the purple What's the one? Purple you one? No, turn, you've got to turn your phone oh, up, Goody. You've got to learn this What's stuff. What's that one? What's that? No, that's crickets. Okay. That's, that's your footy career. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you're spot on with that one. <laughs> okay, go another one. Uh, Pick another one. Which one, Huey? Uh, Yellow. Yeah, oh, there it is. Oh, there we go. Yeah, well Lenny snapped it for the first time. Jeez, that's a huge crowd. I hope they're social distancing. <laughs> oh, mate, that is gold. That is gold. Oh, gee whiz. Mate, you're, um, you love your bands too, don't you? Yeah. Your bands and your music. What what does Fitzy do to, to relax when he's not at Nova or, or not with the family? Like, I know you go to the, take, you've taken Huey a few times over to Adelaide to see the Crows. Yeah. What, 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 do you, what does Fitzy do to relax? Um, I, I love gigs. I love, I love my music. I love live music. So I, I do that quite a bit. Um, I look, just to clear my head a bit, we're lucky we knock off work at about lunchtime every day. I mean, we're up at four o'clock in the morning, but... I, I like to exercise, listen to my podcast, listen to my music. That clears my head every day. So that's what I love. But, yeah, the music gigs. Come over here, Huey, and tell Goody what your first ever music gig was and how old you were. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, I was six months. Six months old. Six months uh and I went to ACDC. Oh, <laughs> mate, the best. And he fell asleep. The funny thing is he fell asleep halfway through and then they played Thunderstruck and the whole crowd started going, Thunder! And it, oh, man, he just startled him so much he started crying his eyes out. I said, toughen up. One and of then your we threw him into the, though, Hugh. We threw him into the mosh pit. What is your favourite ACDC song? Probably, ah. Uh, oh. <laughs> Highway to Hell, maybe. Highway to Hell. Highway to Hell. That's he, a ripper. He's, he's back, yeah, back in black as well. You're a big fan. Daddy's is whole, whole lot of Rosie. That's oh, yeah, lot. actually a whole lot of Yeah, a whole lot of whole Rosie. Lot of Rosie. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Well, mate, we'll have to find a button. What we'll do, we'll work into that yeah. button. Yeah. And we can play that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Fitz, your, your relationship with Whipper at Nova, mm. first of all, can you tell me about your favourite prank that you've played on? <sighs> have you got one? God, we've done some beauties over the years. What's the best one? Oh, the, the 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 greatest one that we did was an April Fool's prank that we played on our bosses at Nova. And what it was, we found out that you could, because in Nova, right, everywhere you go in the building, it's got Nova playing up in the speakers, and it's live. So we worked out with the text. That I asked the text, can you actually put a different feed in there and, you know, do a different break than what's actually going to air? And they said, yeah, we can do that easy. Oh, right. So I pre-recorded this break that said I've had enough. I've had enough of Nova. I don't see my family anymore. I'm breaking down. Like, I'm breaking down. I started swearing. I said, this is effed. I'm so sick of this. I can't deal with it anymore. We recorded this break, and then on April Fool's Day, 
what we did is we had a Carl Stefanovic interview that was pre-recorded. So we played that actually live out to Sydney, but through the speakers in Nova, we played this one break <laughs> and we had cameras set up everywhere and the bosses were in their office. And they it just just to see their reaction when I dropped the first f bomb. Wow! And they were like looking at each other. Then I dropped another f bomb, and they thought it was going live to air. <laughs> so they start legging it down the corridor, and they're outside the studio. And we had to make out we were still doing the break, so we were miming, and I'm blowing up, and it ended. They're, they're outside the studio saying to the kid who was this poor young kid, well, Josiah, who was on the panel, and they're looking at him going, cut it, cut it, go to a song, go to a song. And he's going, there's nothing I can do. And then I get up and I start punching into Whipper. Oh, and they joking. thought we are having this fight live on air. So they come in and then we had this huge confetti gun and we just went, April Fool's. <laughs> oh, and it was so, so good. good. Yeah. It was just, that's the best we've ever done. <laughs> mate, that's outstanding. What is, and I suppose, what is it like working with Whip? And, and I suppose the extended um, Nova family as well. You, you obviously get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Yeah, he's a great storyteller. I, I Whipper was doing the drive show before... I uh, went in to drive with him. That's where we first started. And uh, the boss asked me, I mean, is there anyone that you want to do the show with? And I, I said, I really, I think Whip is funny. He's a great storyteller. And we're coming up to 10 years now that wow. we've had, which is, you know, yeah. it's great to have longevity in the game. So we're very lucky in that yeah. sense. No, you've done great, mate. And um, yeah, I think a lot of uh, Sydney enjoy you guys on there as well. So, uh, Thanks, no, nah, it's fantastic. Mate, just leading into the final couple of questions now. Um, this is one of them that I ask all my guests yes. uh, on this highly rated uh, Dreams Into Success okay. podcast. Dreams into Success. Yeah. Well, I, I thought initially, I thought, because I listened to another podcast, oh, I can't, I can't say it with my son here. Dream. Oh, no, I can't. I can't <laughs> say it. It's too rude. Well, this will, be your new, this will be your new podcast that you listen <laughs> yeah, to yeah, now, yeah. All right. Dream, dreams dreams into success. I was going to say another word that sounds like success. <laughs> so, yeah. That's fine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not because you're my son. That's really creepy. Okay. Mate, um, three life lessons yes. or pieces of advice that you'd pass on to people wanting to follow their dreams. So you've got three things to tell them. What are the three life lessons or um, pieces of advice that you'd pass on? Okay, number one, and I tell my boys this one, is that you don't have to be the smartest person in the room. You don't have to be the most powerful, the richest or whatever. But if you can just make somebody's day with a little bit of etiquette, and it's as simple as using manners or introducing yourself, looking them in the eye, and then saying to them, have a lovely day, and just, I love that moment. You do it, and the elderly love this, but if you can make somebody's day and they look back and they go, well, that's that was really nice what that person did, yep. I reckon you that you are the richest person in the world. Mm. If you can do that, 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 is, that is such a powerful thing to do. And I say to my boys, People never forget that. They'll never forget your face. Mm. And it's really easy to do. How easy is That's it to do that? That's a great message, mate. Yeah, absolutely. It's simple. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just to make somebody's day. Yeah. Um, all right, another piece of advice. Um, I think, uh, God, give me, all right. Something give that me you've a bit of learnt time. along the way, a yeah. lesson that you've learnt. Um, or just to, 
This is the big one. My old man drilled this into me when I was younger. And I, look, I do take the PIWS out of it sometimes and, and do you pump yourself up, but I do it in a sarcastic way. But just to be humble. Don't be a big head. Mm. No one likes a big head. That was, the, that was I don't know, Dad, that was the number one thing that Dad used to drill into me. Always be humble. Um, so that's the second one. And third one, here, let me think, Goody. So, that's all right, mate. I'm asking the big questions. Yeah, you are, these these are huge questions. <laughs> I'm just trying to think what I've been teaching the boys. I know it's as as a parent, it's really weird as a parent because it's you don't think you're ready to become a parent, but then you realise that you are moulding these children into yeah. the people that you want them or to be reputable in the community. You know what I mean? Mm. So you, it, it's a huge responsibility. It's yeah. massive. Yeah. Um. Well, mate, they're two rippers. They're, you like Yeah, it. they're good, mate. Look. <laughs> <laughs> mate, you're killing you kill my ratings. On <laughs> I, well, I'm thinking of a third one. And Goody goes, you know what? The first two were good. That's, yeah, we'll leave that's it there. all you need, you lose mate, it. Uh, <laughs> Fitzy, uh, mate, I just want to acknowledge you for uh, mate, everything you've achieved in your life. Yeah. You're, you're short, you know, but distinguished footy career. You, your ability to pick yourself up. Um, when things weren't always going to plan for you, um, mate, just chatting here to you today. You're such a humble and, and mate, a lovable guy. Yeah. You know, without um, without probably knowing it, you're bringing, as I said before, joy to the uh, mornings of Australians all over the country. Um, although I reckon you probably do know that you. <laughs> no, I've got to be. <laughs> but mate, importantly, you're you're a family man um, with an amazing wife and two mate absolute rippers yeah. uh, in Lenny and Huey. Um, mate, I can't wait to have a kick of the footy with the boys again and and uh, and share a few beers with you, mate. So uh, thanks so much for coming on, mate. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Goody. You've been a good mate for a, a lot of years and uh, we love you as well, mate. I think we need to go out with one more sound effect there, mate. I think you might have to the, pick the blue one. Why well, don't you go the blue one? The blue one, you reckon? Yeah, try that. What's that? Oh, hold on. Oh, that's like a horror sting. Go the which, turquoise. Which one's one. that? This one? No, no one. that one. Oh. oh, yeah. Oh, you should have done that a couple of times. Oh, I had a few Huey. jokes. There you go. What about the purple one down the bottom? This yeah, one? that one. Go that one. Oh, that's it. Oh, that was that's, my footy that's career. Your footy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Fitzy, uh, where can people find you, mate? Obviously, Nova. Um, where can they follow you on social media? Uh, and- yeah, you can go to Instagram. I'm Fitzy18 on Instagram and FitzySA on Twitter. So, um, no, mate, Goody, thank you very much for having me, buddy. Nah, pleasure, mate. And final question, what's your definition of success? Or definition of success. Um, I think it's happiness. For me, success is not about money. Or um, how how yeah, well, how much money that you have? I think it's about happiness. Now, if you can be in a family that you're happy, you are the richest person in the world to me. That's my that is my definition of success. Mate, you're a legend. Well done. Thanks Good on you, Goody. Legend. Always. Good on you, brother. Thanks, Thank well you very much. And thanks, Huey. Yep. Yeah. Suck on that, Majo. Absolutely dominated. Well done. <laughs> I'll leave that in. <laughs> the big fella, Fitzy. What a great chat with such a humble and down-to-earth man. I was reminded during this episode to really not take life too seriously. Just enjoy the present moment. Be kind. Make someone's day and smile. Fitzy is just such a legend and it was so good to have young Huey on board for the episode too. 
And just a reminder, guys, if you enjoyed this episode today, please share it with your friends, tag me on Instagram, and subscribe to Apple iTunes and Spotify accounts so you don't miss an episode. Until next time, you guys know what to do. Get out there, face those fears, and live those dreams. You'll be okay.